We fixed it. Hey. We fixed it. What do we fix? I forgot that we fixed the the intro. If you go back and listen to like our first like 10 episodes in the intro music where it says Seeker Start, it sounds like the the megaphone, like the Seeker Start. And then like (laughs) once we got the new equipment, it just went to regular old Seeker Start. And I was like, "Eh." Well, you weren't supposed to tell anybody that we were literally being, we were literally living a lie for like a couple months. That's on us. Sorry, guys. Sorry, fellow listener. We are not omnipotent. Tell me, how did you get this French press? I've been dying to know. Okay. Listen here. I was in class. What class? I don't know if I can, like, legally say what class. I'm going to say it. And you know what? If Dr. Don Whitney Uh listens to this podcast, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So I don't think he does. So we're just going to go ahead and say the story. Okay. So I was in class. Last class of the year. Every last class, Dr. Whitney does something awesome. And he brings a ton of stuff in. Like just to give away. To, what kind, to what kind of stuff? Everything you can imagine. Like, like books. Okay. That's not totally book. out of the ordinary. You cannot imagine books at seminary, dude. So books. Okay. Like these posters, shirts. Posters, are we talking like John Cena? Are we talking like <laughs> Sammy Sosa? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it, it had like a Bible verse on it. Chill. Okay. So then it, he had like CDs and like DVDs of like... Michael like, W. Smith? Yeah, 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 you know. And then like... then there What was, kind of, what there kind was of a couple CDs? French you can't just say CDs. Michael what W. Kind? Smith. You guessed right. Uh, wait, are you being serious? No. Who was it then? Norton Hall Band. What do you think? So then... Someone like Garth Brooks or something? No. Out of hell. So he had like three French presses, right? And okay. then he had a uh, bookends, like southern bookends, yeah, yeah, really yeah. nice ones. So everybody wanted the bookends. Of course. And the French presses. But he, So he had a contest to see who got, in, got to go first in line. It was just like a... What was the contest? Okay. So the contest was this. Okay. Come in closer. <laughs> that was me coming in closer. Okay. So you had to sing your alma mater, like, fight song, like, chant or whatever. Okay, I went to Olivet Nazarene University. I don't know. I literally played sports there, and I have no idea what the chant or, like, fight song is. Yeah. I think they did it, like, during halftime, and we were always in the locker room, so, right. like, I never heard any of that. Probably. So, you didn't go to any. I didn't know, games? so I didn't know. So I didn't go up there at first. No, I didn't. But so I was literally like, I can't be a part of this. I don't know the chant. So then he started like making qualifiers because other people were like, I can't do it. I go up there. I'm like, okay, I have. He he said theme song, right? Like like for a club or whatever. I said, well, I got one. Okay, so I walk up there, right? And I go, I. He's like asking everybody what theirs is. They were going to do like a, an applause meter. So whoever got like the most applause would go in line first. Like he would literally listen to here, you know. In like, a seminary class, yes. this is taking place. Yes. Yes. My tax dollars. Anyway. Dude. <laughs> so he asked me finally, I was the last one. There's seven dudes that went up there. 
was like, what song or what, what's your, your thing? I said, well, you said theme songs, right? And he's like, yes. I said, uh, the SpongeBob SquarePants theme song count. <laughs> What'd he say? He said, um, uh, you asked Donald Whitney. So, so hold on. It could, gets better. It gets better. So literally all the guys go do their little weird chants. Sure. I go. It's time to sing the song, okay? I said, so everybody, I looked at the class. I said, and I was in the very front. So we were at the very front of the class singing what, these, what, singing these what songs. What room is this for some context? Uh, I can't tell me. you. I couldn't tell you. I'm very bad at, like, the campus. Was it in Norton? Yeah. Was it, like, up some Bottom. stairs? So it was, like, down the hallway, right before those stairs to the left. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, so that was super unhelpful to everyone <laughs> listening. for me. Yeah, okay. So, like... So Since I, I'm also hearing this for the first time. Right, yeah, because I literally saved this for the pod specifically because it was so stupid. So <laughs> I go, all right. I looked everyone dead in the eyes with a serious face, and I was like, everybody in here knows this song. Don't lie. Everybody knows it, so you guys better help me out with it. So I go, are you ready, kids? Did you do it and just like went, that? Aye, aye, Captain. <laughs> Dude, you felt like the king of the castle. Dude, literally did the whole song. Okay, this, this is where it gets funny, though, okay? So, at the end, they're doing their applause, right? The first, I was the seventh, so the first through, like, the first through the sixth went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's getting applause, blah, blah, blah. They go to, a, like, it's my turn, right? Completely silent. No one clapped at all, dude. No I was way. <laughs> No, nobody clapped, and I was like, "Dude, you got to be kidding me!" They all participated. And yes, didn't they clap? all sing, didn't clap at all. Wow! I literally stood there in shock because I was like, "Dude, you got to at least give me some brownie claps." Wow! Like I, I just went up there and sang the SpongeBob SquarePants theme song in front of a seminary actually. class, wow. in front of Doctor Donald Whitney. Wow, that's kind of fake. Uh, of dude, it was, yeah, I was like really upset. Guess what? Ended up getting the French press anyways. So it all worked out. That's what I wanted. Wow. So anyway, um, now that you guys have your uh, six minutes and 35 seconds completely uh, wasted, it's about time to get into it. All right. So what are we talking about, Grant? Let's go ahead and start it. oh dude i love this thing um so we're gonna talk about another one of the omnis so who is god omnipotent yes omnipotent if you will so if you won't that's okay i mean it's all up to you right yeah so what um what does omni mean omni short version means all okay and what about potent um, short version means tremendous strength. Yeah, powerful. All powerful. Yeah, so omnip- omnipotent means that God is powerful. He has infinite, unlimited strength, power, authority. And very practically, what it means for God is that he can do whatever he wants, and he can do whatever he, and he does whatever he determines to do, right? No one can stop him from doing what he wants to do. I think if we go back to, oh, see, I don't know if that was an early, early Seeker Start episode or if that was a late, late Grandpappy. Grandpappy podcast episode, but 
basically, in one of the two, I don't remember which one it was, basically we said, God does whatever he wants. Like at the end of the day, yeah. God does whatever he wants. And we can't question that, which we'll get into that. Yeah. So God has, I mean, we talk about God all the time, right? Right. We use different words to describe God. And a lot of times we use these titles, we use these names of God without really understanding or knowing what they actually mean. And this is an example. We say that God is mighty, right? We say that all the time. The, like we, we sing about it in our worship yeah. songs that he's almighty. Right. He's strong. When we say these things, when we use these titles, when we use these names of God, we are saying that God is omnipotent. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because when you, I mean, if you just leave it to mighty and strong, like at face value, you know, you can think of like Hercules or something. Right, right. Which is not a real person. <laughs> yeah, but like we think, we will think of mighty or strong yeah we we think human, we think humanistic we know, terms right? yeah a strong person like a like a alex stevens type person yeah just strong he's a very yeah, a luke mighty thompson type, luke type thompson beat. type individual if you will but that's why we have to specify because a lot of times when thinking of the attributes you have to think in terms of who god is and not in like a humanistic vocabulary right 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 so when we when we say that god is almighty we're we're saying he's omnipotent yeah. you know we're, when he, when we say that he's mighty or strong, we're we're referencing his omnipotence, right? Right. right. So let's get into into some questions, and then we're going to um, study scripture. We're going to look at at scripture. We go through here on Seeker Start. We like to go through a, a lot of Bible verses yes. to show systematically what exactly we're talking about and why we would even make the claim that God is all powerful. We're big on uh, letting the Bible explain the Bible. Well, I mean, you know, we do time to time like to explain the Bible, right? But we like to use the Bible <laughs> to explain the Bible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because so, if we try to explain it on our own, then Seeker Start becomes a cult and not a podcast. Hey, man! All right, so Jeremiah 32, is there anything that God cannot do? That is a really good question. It has very many practical um, reasons why that's a that's a good question for this modern day that we live in right so jeremiah 32 17 and verse 27 says ah lord god it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power bang right there great power and by your outstretched arm nothing is too hard for you and verse 27 behold i am the lord the God of all flesh, is anything too hard for me? And that's obviously... No. Right. It's a rhetorical question. He's asking a very easy to answer question because yes. he's God. Because literally in verse 17, the end of it says, nothing is too hard for you. Right. So kind of, you know. Well, I mean, he created the earth, right, by his great power. Yeah. Proving, and that's one of the ways he proved, I mean, nothing's too hard for Yeah. Him. Well, yeah, that was like in that in that book, um, God is by Mark Jones, like that little chunk that I read. You know, it was just as easy for God to create the entire earth as it was to create a single pebble on the earth. Yeah. Which to us obviously is incomprehensible to where it's like, but the earth is so huge and a pebble is just you know, it's just a little pebble. And once again, that's thinking in humanistic terms, whereas for God it's like same amount of energy and effort was displayed. But 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, going on that uh, to answer that question as well, is there anything that God cannot do? Matthew 19, verse 26 says, But Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Yeah, so in Matthew 19, 26, what was impossible for man is for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. So he was talking specifically about a rich person. Can a rich person enter the kingdom? Well, it'd be harder for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven than for a camel to enter the eye of a needle, right? right. Um, so what Jesus was saying what Jesus was saying is with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible, even a rich man entering heaven, right? Yeah. yeah. So it, it shows that it shows the difference between the power of man and the power of God. Right. God can do things that man can't men can't save themselves, particularly men who are very rich, right? Yeah. Um and men who have all the things that they that most people think life is made of mm-hmm. and give life purpose and, and meaning. Yeah. But with God that he can reveal even to them, even to those who may think they don't need God at first, he can show them and he can um, teach them that uh, that's part of God's authority and power. Um, so Jeremiah 10, 12 through 13, this is awesome too. What did he do? Is, is anything too hard for God? Is there anything that God cannot do? Well, he made the earth by his power and he established the world by his wisdom and spread out the heavens by his understanding. When he thunders, the waters in the heavens are in turmoil, and he causes the clouds to rise. And from the ends of the earth, he makes lightning for the rain and brings the wind from his storehouses. Man, just look at the look at the sovereignty of God. He makes the earth by his power. He, I mean, he just like Grant said, it wasn't anything. It wasn't like strenuous. Yeah, it wasn't difficult. He made it by the word of his power. Yeah, and or the power of his words, rather, right? Like, he literally, either Both, way works, right? Not? But, like, he literally spoke it. Yeah. Like, he spoke the earth into being, and he spreads out the heavens by his understanding, which shows how detailed and beautiful everything is, you yeah. know? And even when, you know, he thunders, right? Which is interesting. It's interesting language they're using here, but it just shows, like, the the might. Yeah. If God were to thunder, yeah. the waters in the heavens are in turmoil. It just this is all language that's used. It's not necessarily literal, but it's it's being used here to show something powerful, yeah, mighty, right? Yeah, and then that kind of just brings us into the the second question that we're going to talk about is: Can anyone stop God from doing what He has determined to do? So, once again, short answer: No, no. But go ahead and hit Job there. We have, uh, yeah, we have some verses for this. And Job 42, uh, verses 1 and 2 says, Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. So, right there, very yeah. cut, dry mm-hmm. answer mm-hmm. that God can do all things. And if it's God's will, then it's not going to be changed or hindered by um, some sort of earthly circumstance yeah. or by anything for that matter. So anything that is God's purpose will not be thwarted. Well, that leaves some room then for a lot of things, right? So, okay, Grant, it brings up a, a good question. Are there things in the world that aren't God's purpose? 
right? Mm. So I think that is a good question. Yeah. And maybe we don't get super deep into that right now. Yeah. Maybe we get, like, maybe we leave some time for that uh, in another episode. Are there things in the world that God didn't purpose? Because anyone would agree with this. Like, most yeah. Christians would say, yes, nothing yeah. that God purposed will be, will be thwarted, right? Correct. But what about, like, cancer? Right. What about, like, you know, different things we struggle with on a daily basis, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you go back to the original design, the original creation, like, that wasn't a part of it. Death and destruction, that wasn't a part of it. God created all things as good, and then we as human beings are the ones who have distorted those things and caused those things to be uh, messy, I guess, for lack of better terms. Yeah, so let's keep going and see if we can maybe answer this question. So Psalm 115, 2-3 says this, Why should the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Mm. He does whatever he pleases. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. So God does all that he pleases. Right. None, none of his purposes can be thwarted. Okay, those are two parts, two things we see about God here. Yeah. So go ahead and go Isaiah. <clears throat> Isaiah fourteen twenty four and verse 27 say, The Lord of hosts has sworn... As I have planned, so shall it be. As I have purposed, so shall it stand. Mm. And then 27 says, For the Lord of hosts has purposed, and who will annul it? His hand is stretched out, and who will turn it back? Yes. So, God's, all that God has planned will happen. It will stand, and no one can annul it. No yeah. one can cancel it. No one can withdraw or change God's mind right. to do something else. His hand is, if his hand is stretched out, no one can turn it back. No purpose of God's can be thwarted. He does all that he pleases. Daniel 4, 35 says this, all the inhabitants of the earth are counted as nothing. And he does according to his will among the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? So right there, that's interesting, right? Because there, it's almost insinuating that something bad has happened to people. Yeah. Right? And we do see the, the biblical narrative. We see bad things happen to people all the time. Yeah. We see um, Job, for instance, you know, that was one of the first ones we answered that. And, and I think we need to be very, uh, I think we need to look at this because Job 42 if you go to in, in the Job, we see Job's life. We see Job get crushed by God, oh, right? Yeah. First of all, by Satan. Right. But who was the one who told Satan to go after Job? God oh. said, hey, have you considered my servant, Job? Yeah. Right? So it wasn't Satan like, hmm. It's like, well, God's like, hey, go check this guy out. Yeah. He's, he's an upstanding man. Yeah. And Job, Job's life was completely turned around and crushed. Yes. And Job, we see beautiful statements by Job that he's going to continue to worship God through this, through this terrible time. Yeah. Right. At the end of Job's, um, at the end of Job, we get into some complaining that starts. Right. Job starts to complain to God and complain about the things that had happened in his life. And what does God do? God roasts Job. He says, listen here. Son. And we've talked about this, Job 38 through uh, 42. God tells him and puts him back in his place as a human being, right? 
And then Job says this. This is Job's answer to God after God had literally for a couple of chapters just showed him who he really is. And he put Job into his his proper spot as a human being. He's, and then Job responds with, I know that you can do all things. Can do all things, right? Yeah. All things. Right. And no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Yeah. And it's not, I think, I know you can do all things. He can do anything. Yeah. So God can do anything he wants. Yes. He, he could do everything. He could, the world could be perfect, right? Yeah. Like, for instance, I had a brother that died of cancer. If you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, I've probably talked about that. You've probably heard that. God could have stopped my brother from having cancer. Sure. He didn't. Right. Was that his purpose? Yes. It was God's purpose. Yeah. And that's tough. It's a tough thing. It's a tough truth. Oh, yeah. God could have stopped it. He didn't. Right. If he didn't do something, then it is his purpose that he not do something. Yeah. Right? There's not like someone stopping him from healing my brother. Right. Or healing whoever or stopping the hurricane. Yeah. He allows bad things to happen for good purposes, we believe, as yeah. Christians. And we'll get into that a little more. So I hope that maybe answers a little bit of that question to some degree. And I think we have to look at Daniel 45 or 435 that says, and none can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? Yeah. Because apparently people have said, what have you done? Yeah. God, what are you doing? Yeah. Why, why, is are, this happening? why are you doing this to me? What's have, your deal, does man? Does that sound familiar? Yeah. You know? Sounds familiar. Yes. You hear that a lot. Oh, I've big said time. that, right? I've gone through things that are not that, like in the grand scheme of it, they're just not that, not that big of a deal. Right. And I'm like, God, where are, like, what are you doing right now? Yeah. Like, I'm miserable now, you know, in my mind's eye, it's miserable. But then you look at, you know, someone else's life and I'm like, oh. Actually, I'm, I'm in pretty good shape here. Yeah, but yeah, it's so easy to say, God, what are you doing? Right. What's going on? What's what's the plan here? Like, what's the end goal? Yeah. So, I think that that's super. That's super important to understand that this is part of God, right? And when I say part of God, like this is who God is. I'm not trying to separate God into a bunch of different parts, right? Like, like he's ten percent love. Like he's 10% holiness, like he's 10% sovereignty. Yeah, or like 10% luck, or 20% skill. Or, or like 15% concentrated power of will. Or 5% pleasure for that matter. Hmm. About 50% pain. Or 100% reason to remember the name. Hmm. Right, but like he's not made of parts, right? Right, of course. Yeah, no, he's, he's just, he's God. So there's something about God that he's so he's so powerful and he can do anything he wants and because we're human beings we have no reason and we have no authority to ever look at God and ask him why he's doing something or 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 accuse God of being evil. Yeah. We can never do that. Right. We can never accuse God of doing evil. God can't be evil. Correct. But he does whatever he wants. Yes. And it's always good. Yes. Right? So we can't look at God and say, what have you done, God? Yeah. Why did you make me like this? That's that's Romans. Romans chapter 9. Yeah. 
why did you make me like this? Does the potter have any right over the clay? Can God do whatever he wants? Yes. yes. Does he? Yes. Is he good? Yes. yes. So can we say to him, what have you done to me? Or why have you let this happen? I think we do see times in the Psalms where there is true like sadness, right? And we see Jesus weep. We see in in the Bible all sorts of real live emotions. There is room as Christians to be real and to have real emotions, but we cannot ever one time look at God and say, why did you do this to me? And be angry at God. It is not permissible in the Bible to be angry at God. Right. Now, asking questions, God, where are you? I don't yeah. feel you right now. That's what we see a lot in the Psalms. But, we don't see we don't see David. We don't see anyone else that is that we would say, yeah, they weren't sinning at that particular time. Look at God and say, "Where? Like you're at fault. You're yeah. the sinner." Yeah. Right. That's what. That's what this is saying. If you say, "What have you done?" You're looking at God to say, "You're the sinner." Right. Yeah. To question God is one thing, but that all comes down to your posture about it. Because when you look in the Psalms, you see David's posture, and he's lamenting. He's coming with a with a heavy heart and humbly and saying, "How long, O oh Lord? You know." How will you hide your face from me? You know, something like that. But yeah, like you said, it was never a David turning and pointing the finger and saying, where were you? Right. Where you been? <laughs> like your dad says to you when where you, you walk been? in at two o'clock in the morning. You ever seen Walk the Line, the, the Johnny Cash? <laughs> no. movie? Oh, that's, that's what that's from. He's walking down the street and it's after Johnny Cash's brother dies and Johnny Cash is walking down the street as a young boy and his dad pulls up and he says, where you been? Where you been? <laughs> Almost spot on. If you, if you take this audio clip and line it up with the movie, probably won't be able to tell the difference. Mm. So uh, another another way another place we could see this is Ephesians one eleven. It says this: In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose. Right, we've been talking about purpose. Right, according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. Yeah. So God predestined before everything was created. God had a purpose, and He is currently now working all things according to the counsel of His will. Yeah. What things? All things. All things. So He, His purpose encompasses all things. Yeah. His purpose. It's not like there's something outside of his purpose. Everything, like we hear this all the time. Does God, are there, are there things that are purposeless in life? No, we can't say that anything is purposeless. We don't say that to people. Right. You know, if someone came up to me and said, you know, yeah, your brother died. It was completely purposeless, like evil. Well, yeah, there's no good that's ever going to come from it. Yeah. I would be so much more <clears throat> crushed by that. Oh, yeah. But because God is good... And because God is sovereign, he can take even evil things that we think are the worst things that could ever happen, and they are the worst. That was the worst thing that's ever happened to me, right? Yeah. He can take those things and bring good from them. That is awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. And we see that in the crucifixion. Yeah. What was the worst thing that ever happened? And this is a question that, that often theologians will ask. What's the worst thing that's ever happened? The worst thing that's ever happened was that Jesus Christ, the perfect Son of God, came down unto this into this earth, God in the flesh, humbled himself, 
to walk among his creation, his sinful creation, what did we do? We hated him, we spit in his face, we pulled out his beard, and we nailed him to a tree. And in the end, the most perfect man that had ever lived died yeah. because of us. We killed him. We yeah. hated him that much. God, we, we, we crucified God in the flesh and killed him. That was the worst thing that humanity's ever seen because the, the only innocent person that's ever lived died. Yeah. Not, it died a death he didn't deserve. And he died the death that he didn't deserve at the hands of his own creation. Right. Wild, yeah. wild stuff. That's the most, that's the worst thing that's ever happened. Yeah. What's the best thing that's ever happened? What happened three days we after? We got. He rose from the dead in power. First of all, he saved us from our sins. Yeah. That is the best thing that has ever happened. He defeated sin. He defeated death. He defeated Satan. Everything that's evil has been defeated. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Come on now. Boom. We celebrate now because the best thing that's ever happened was a guy that died that didn't deserve it. God came to flesh, died, didn't deserve it. But it was his plan. It was his purpose that Christ be crushed. That's in the Bible. That's in Isaiah. Yeah. And we get to worship him now because he has saved us from our sins yeah. by what the innocent man did on the cross. Yeah. And resurrected. And he res like the worst thing that's ever happened is the best thing that's ever happened. Yeah. God can take the worst thing that's ever happened and make it the best thing that's ever happened. And so in my own life, I've seen that. He's crushed me in, a, in some ways, right? In my own life, I've seen it. And I can look back and say, wow, I don't know why that happened, mm. but I do know I've seen you work in my life through that, whether it's I'm trusting in you more, like whether I have to rely on you now in my, you broke me down yeah. in general. You brought me to a place of humility. Yeah. You brought me to a place of longing for something more. You know, God allows these things, purposes these things in our lives for a great purpose and and we can either love God for that or we can hate God for that. I think we should go and do a part two to this. Yeah. No, I agree. So I think maybe we'll end here or what do you have? Do you have anything? No, I really don't. Okay. I mean, great, great. Okay. Well then we'll end here and we'll go to a part two and we'll see you guys in a bit. This has been a Manifold Ministries podcast. For more content, visit us at manifoldministries.com.